This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning? Kind of wet. A lot of people have been soaked out, but it's okay. We're going to be talking about gardening today. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production, a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you're listening today for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. Got some really cheesy music coming up in about 30 minutes, but it's going to be mostly just talking with you live about what's going on or not in your garden this latter part, free falling towards end of August. Gardening party we call the Gestalt Gardener. Stick with us, folks. We're going to take a little bit of a break while Jonas Adams, my producer, gets us all lined up, and we're going to talk gardening right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back after a little bit of news. Again, horticulture's Belder Rushing. See you in a minute. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and we're going to be talking gardening. You know, Jonas, usually I have all these notes and stuff. I've spent a couple of hours getting ready. But today, I just can we just talk to gardeners without doing a bunch of me blabbing about stuff? I promise you, you won't get a whole <laughs> bunch of uh, <laughs> note-taking from me on the I mean, subject I, of plants because I, I don't even know where to begin. So oh, whatever I'm, you want to do on this beautiful Friday morning, let's do it. It's a beautiful Friday morning. How's it? I mean, you know, I, I've got one more week over here. I'm headed home towards the end of next week. And, uh, you know, the, the flooding in South Mississippi and Louisiana is making international headlines. How's it going there? It's okay here. We've had a lot of rain here, but in Baton Rouge, we really need to keep an eye on them and reach out a helping hand because they got hit pretty hard all around uh, Baton Rouge and just the Louisiana area in general. Um, if anybody listening has family, Check on them and make sure they're okay, and that everybody band together and let's help each other. Yeah, well, you know, there's just a, there, there's a whole lot of news about that, and I know uh, we at, uh, at MPB are covering as much as we can. But it's a pretty day today, right? It's pretty as, as it can be. We have some great <laughs> clouds in the sky and whatnot, but you know, we're here, we're on the air, and that's what's beautiful about it to me. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about gardening. There is, there is an event coming up. I want to make sure that that, uh, that they're okay. This is down in South Mississippi. It's almost on the Louisiana line, as a matter of fact. It's a Muscadine Field Day. This could be next week, Saturday, August the 27th. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a week from now. So I um, uh, just want to make sure that they're still on. It's a field day where they have all these different kinds of Muscadine uh, grapes, which is our native grape, new varieties, interesting, heavy-producing varieties, things that are suitable not only for for commercial uses, but for home gardeners who like to grow fruit. Muscadines are one of the easiest and most dependable. It happens to be a native plant. Anyway, if you'd like to, to try some of these, to see how they're pruned, to talk to experts about planting them, learn about self-pollination, which vines pollinate themselves, 
Uh, this is a good opportunity. They're going to have small bags for you to take around and actually taste the ones, see which ones you like, and you know, write their names down, and maybe you can put them in your own garden. That's going to be Saturday, August 27th. It's at the McNeil Research Unit, which is between Carrier and McNeil. It's uh, off of Interstate 59 uh, on Highway 11. So you can go uh, t- take the exit 15 of Interstate 59, and uh, it's about two miles uh, south on Highway 11. If you would like some more information about that, shoot me an email or contact your county extension office. Got plenty of information. But I've been down there. They got a lot of cool stuff, including just past the muscadine area and the grape area and some of the other fruit that they grow there. They've got some really cool uh, new types of crepe myrtles that they're trialing, those with burgundy leaves and you know, different color flowers. Interesting stuff going on down there. One of the several experiment stations we have scattered around Mississippi. Alabama's got them, Louisiana's got them, Arkansas, Tennessee's got them. But this is uh, the one that I know about. Uh, I do like to share uh, garden events. So if you have something coming up, like uh, me to help promote, just it's real easy. Send us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, while I was uh, writing down a few notes for things to talk about, I did uh, get a couple of emails uh, from, from folks, including one from Louisiana who wants to know how can she start over. Uh, she hasn't been flooded out, but she's been rained out and wants to know what can she still plant this time of year uh, you know, to get something going before fall. I've got plenty of information on that. I'll send that to you. But if you've got something you'd like to talk about, some favorite things, some some objects of discussion, some things that you're not sure that I really said and maybe need to learn a little bit about, give us a call. We call this Think Radio, and we're going to call it Talk and Think Radio. Give me a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING, and uh, glad to talk about anything related to gardening at all. Uh, we got any calls uh, yet, Jonas? We sure do. We have Bill calling from New Albany about planting things that look like pine cones. Okay, Bill, what do you mean, look like pine cones? Are they pine cones? Well, now they grow on a magnolia tree, the thing that blows out makes the flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a pine cone when before it blooms open. Yeah, it, it does. Okay, well, someone told me if you plant that whole thing, you can grow a tree from that. Well, um, I hope you're on good terms with them because they're pulling your leg if they're on good terms. If, if not, they're just messing with you because that's not true at all. Uh, what okay, looks like right. now, here, here's the deal, though, because, of course, this is our state flower and our state tree, and it's unusual. Magnolias predate a lot of other kind of flowering plants. Those what look like cones in a, in a, a, a couple of months are going to open up, and they're going to have these red berry-looking things sticking out of them. Okay, right, right. Those those are the, actually the fruits, and you can't even plant those; they won't sprout. What's going to happen when those red things pop out? You need to make them think that they've been eaten by a bird or a possum or something, completely clean, and lay out over the winter before they'll sprout. And you do that by taking those red things when they're you know when they're soft, washing them really good, rub the seed out, clean it really really good to get that kind of a peculiar smell to it, but get the seeds completely clean like they've been digested, and then you can either plant them in pots or outdoors or put them in a plastic bag in the refrigerator 
not the freezer, to make them think that they laid out over the winter. So they've got to be clean. they got to be exposed to uh, three or four months of cool temperatures before they'll sprout. Okay, so you're talking about when it blooms out, that little round thing that comes up in the center looks like a little round thing. That's the seed? No, no, that's sort of like a cone. And this fall, that will pop open, and it'll have all these red berry-looking things sticking out of it all the way around it. Those have got oh. the seeds in them. See, so in other okay. words, you can't plant that cone. You gotta wait till the berry-like things, the red things, are, are ripe. Clean the seeds out of that, and uh, let them think they've been uh, laid outside over the winter time. Okay, so if, when you when you clean them up and put them in a bag and put them in the refrigerator, now how long do you suggest leaving them in there before you can plant them? At least three months, three or four months. And by the way, it's not just a plastic bag. They need not only that cool temperature, but they also need humidity. So I'd put a barely, barely damp, not wet, but a damp piece of paper towel in there with it, just enough to, to make it inside the bag humid. In the three or four months, you take them out, and they should sprout you know, within just weeks. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. I hope you get along with whoever told you that, because they're either laughing yeah, at you or I get it. I get it. I think it's something to get in with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have, hey, have a great day. Find something else you can do with those, those cones with you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate your call. one eight seven seven mpb ring, folks, if you want to talk about gardening. Who we got, Sir Jonas? John, calling from Walthall, is up next, talking about the water from his A.C., Hey John, what's going on? You are you collecting water from uh, from your air conditioner? No, actually, um, right next to my back porch, I have the drainage from my AC, and it's right. making this nasty puddle. I yep. need to know if I have if there are any plants that I can plant there that will suck up that water. Oh, that's a, that's a good idea. Well, first of all, it's a lot of water, so it's going to take, you know, you're going to really have to enlarge the area. But any kind of plants that that, that, light, that grow around the edges of, 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 of lakes and ponds and stuff, there's one called canna, old-fashioned canna, C-A-N-N-A. It does a great job, and it, it, the more you water it, the bigger it gets. Uh, also, there's Louisiana iris, you know, the, the, and all, the, the yellow one and the colored ones. Uh, they do real well, but those are plants that grow really well, and the more plants you got, the more they'll they'll suck it up. Okay, now are either one of those poisonous to children? Nope. Okay, Canna, and what's the other one? Uh, Louisiana iris. There's uh, the the true Louisiana iris, which grows all, native all around, you know, South Mississippi too. Or else the one they call yellow flags iris. They bloom yellow in the spring. Both of those are pretty good. Now, I got to warn you: when you get plants like this and moisture, you get into that with frogs. And when you have frogs, you have snakes. So teach your kids about snakes. You know, just, yeah. just to be careful. You know, no, you know, no. It's a learning opportunity, not a not a fear-inducing type thing. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a frog heaven behind my house, so. Yeah. You know, something else you might want to do is, is get the kids help you uh, make uh, sort of like a sandbox type thing, you know, with some, some uh, pressure-treated wood. And no, he's a little the ground. young for that. He's a little oh. too young for that one. Okay, well, so. I was just thinking, say, you know, you could turn it into a water garden by, you know, by making a little raised bed with some line with some, some plastic or something. Or even okay. even put a kid even put a kid swimming pool out there and grow some different plants in it and have a water garden. Well, he has a fort, but right now it's it's um it's in the middle of a mud puddle, so I need okay. to figure out somewhere to some way to suck some of that water up. 
Yeah, so, it might but, also, might also be you need to haul some 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 dirt in too. You know, if you could channel it away from there, raise it up a little bit, and split it out a little bit. You know, you can actually uh, you know make some ditches that kind of go away for uh, sort of radiating out like like sun rays, and let the water seep outward like that. That might help. Well, I did the front porch was like that, but I wound up doing a uh, French drainage to get the water away from it. And yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if I'm going to have to do the same sort of thing to do to this. Yeah. So well, you know, like, like I said, you don't even have to do the French drain thing. If you'll just if you'll just dig some shallow ditches, radiate out, and use the dirt from those up where the water's actually standing, that'll raise it up and it'll shoot it on out. And you know, so anyway, you you can either make it go away or else. Um, as far as plants, it could take a lot of plants to soak up that much water. So I think a combination of things will really work better. All right. Well, I appreciate it, and you have a wonderful day. Okay. Hug your kids. They grow up way too fast. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank right. you. I appreciate right. it. we got to take a quick uh, break, Felder. Okay, okay. Let's do that. And uh, while, you're, while you're queuing that stuff up, doing that kind of music thing, I had a, a note about some kind of, it's something really weird today. Holly, oh, today is Bad Poetry Day. <laughs> bad poetry day anybody got some bad poetry about gardening you want to share if you can keep it clean give us a call bad poetry day here on the gestalt gardener keep it clean i'm horticulturist felder rushing this is the gestalt gardener it's a presentation one of many local p- programs award-winning programs produced by mississippi public broadcasting you're not going to find this in very many other states uh, we're sort of held in revere by public broadcasting in other states for these locally produced programs. So I appreciate you being part of it. We're going to take a little break and come back with more of your phone calls about gardening right after this. Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Old House Depot. Antique windows, doors, shutters, flooring, and exposed beams. Architectural salvage, custom carpentry, you name it. Open 9 to 5 Monday through Saturday, 639 Monroe Street in Jackson. OldHouseDepot.com. This is MBB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. MPB Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Rushing. We're talking about gardening. Uh, by the way, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't do this, but I had a friend who's a vegetarian, right? And uh, Jonas, you know, I don't have a problem with people eating whatever they want to eat. You know, that's just a b- sort of bottom line thing. But they were talking about lobsters and how what a cruel thing it is to put a lobster in a pot of boiling water. And I'm thinking. You know, have you ever thought about what you do to potatoes? You know, you drop a potato in boiling water, it just scalds their eyes. <laughs> you know, potatoes matter too, okay, folks? It's just one of those kind of things where 
you know, all life is life. And if you get a boil of potato, should I, not, should I not put my yeah. potatoes in the oven anymore? Uh, I'm just saying, throw some crawfish in with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, 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 I'm only joking, of course. You know, I've got some, some very good friends who are hardcore vegetarians, and I don't have a problem with that at all. But it was just a kind of a joke thing. I couldn't help myself when I said it. Anyway, bad poetry day. If anybody's got some some uh, clean bad gardening poetry, bring it on. One eight seven seven MPB ring. What you got, Jonas? I got Joanna on the line from West Point calling about a suggestion about a plant. Okay, hey Joanna. Good morning. Good morning, Felder. And we revere you all the way up here. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I, I really enjoy You know, I, I went to school not far from there, and I spent a lot of time up in West Point. Yeah, right there on the prairie, you've got some of the coolest wildflower. You know, there's some of the few real pure meadows uh, and, and prairies in Mississippi. Are, it, a lot of people don't realize we have real prairie land around West Point. Absolutely. So what can I help you with today? Well, I, I bumped into a Malva plant at yeah. one of the big box store garden centers, and yeah. it was only one of a kind. I've never seen one before like that. Didn't know anything about it. Took it home and put it in the ground, and I promise you that the Malva plant can suck up all the water you can give it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're it right. propagates, and it's beautiful when it's in full bloom. It's it's part of the Mallow family. And yeah. what I've read about it says it was an old southern garden plant. I grew up with southern gardens, and I never heard of that plant. But it's well, M-A-L-V-A. Yeah, well, Malva is sort of a common name. You know, it, it'll have a real Latin name also. But it's a huge family. The, it's, it, that's a hibiscus, mallows, okra. Mm-hmm. They're all in the family. But what kind of flower? You know, and a lot of them are native to, to wet ditches. What kind of flowers yeah. does yours have? Purple. Purple with a uh, light purple, and, you know, there was dark purple lines going out. Uh-huh. How, how, how big are the flowers? The flowers were about an inch and a half wide. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, if you could, if you could send me a, a good, clear picture of it, you know, then I can, you know, can, can, can come up with the specific kind. Some of our native mallows have got flowers uh, six, eight, ten inches across. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know if I could handle a plant that big in the garden, but uh, my husband did take a picture of it in full bloom, and I can send you that, and I can also send you seeds if you want to, because, by golly, it did have seeds. Well, I, I tell you what, as much as I would love it, you know, and this 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 half kills me to say this, but my garden is so small. I've got so many plants in my garden that I have plants in pots waiting for something else to die. And I mean, I, I can't even shoehorn plants in. So you know, it's, it's, I've got plants in pots that are waiting for a garden spot for so long. Plants have died, and the and the labels have faded. But anyway, uh, I, I guarantee you, what you could do is take some little seeds though and share them with some kids and get them to go plant them in different places. <laughs> Well, I have been sharing them, and I still have plenty more. So it's a it's a very Good. prolific plant. Well, let's find out what kind. Of, by the way, have you noticed you know, those little uh, 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 little caterpillar that chews holes in the leaves? Oh yes. Okay, the, I've, we have tried everything we can to control that. It's a little caterpillar, a little green thing, and it turns the leaves into skeletons. 
it, it doesn't hurt the plant. You know, a lot of people f- worry about it. I just say call it lace leaf malva and let it go. <laughs> okay. Well, we did too. <laughs> good, good. All righty. Well, I killed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm looking forward to a picture. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Appreciate it. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Who we got, Sir Jonas? Coming up next is Sarah from Mobile about fungus on Johnson grass. Hey, hey, Sarah. Good morning. Is it on Johnson grass? No, it's on St. Augustine. Um, my question is, we we restarted our backyard, tore everything up, laid sod down this spring, and uh, not too long after we did that, I started noticing some brown spots on the, the leaves, and did some research, and it says it's brown melt or brown patch. Um, so we sprayed and treated with a, a fungicide, and we, th- we thought we'd saved it, but as the summer has progressed with all the rain and the heat, um, we've lost about half the grass. And I'm wondering yeah. if there is any way that the grass, the sod, will come back at any point, or if we just need to pull it up and start over again. Well, it's it's a big question. Matter of fact, I got an email this morning. I haven't had a chance to answer about St. Augustine that's dying. Um, a couple of things. First of all, if you've got one sprig of grass per square foot, believe it or not, that's enough for it to come back. Doesn't take a lot to get it started. Uh, and if uh-huh. you pull it, and you've got sod out there, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason I'm saying because leaving the sod in place also buries weed seeds. See, so what I would do. Uh, would be to maybe at, at at worst I would sprig some new you know get you some sod cut it up into pieces you know a few inches square and actually you know plant those don't just lay them on top but actually plant them in the existing sod now mm-hmm. a couple of things keep in mind that the, the disease that brown patch doesn't really have the leaf spot disease we do have some leaf spots there's one called gray leaf spot that's real common if it's real wet. Uh, but fungicides don't cure diseases. It's real important to, to, to know this. Fungicides are protective films to keep disease from spreading. Uh, they don't kill the fungus. And so if you just spray once every now and then, after a couple of hard rains or a couple of weeks, that fungicide is gone. Or there's new growth that's not protected. So you have to use fungicides where there's a disease problem uh, you know, two or three times a couple of weeks or so apart. See, so yeah, it's a prevent. It's a. And, and let me throw out one other thing. What? Go ahead. Well, we we had started our our backyard basically in two stages, and our one side is doing okay because we were spraying it with the fungicide from the very beginning. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the side of the yard that we didn't catch <laughs> um, yeah. until later, and we do have some. There are a few very few blades of green grass um, in the bad side. Um, so okay. you're, you're well, saying this, that it may come back from that? or I mean, Well, uh, it, it, it can. Let's put it that way. It right. can. But, 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 but again, the fungus, again, the fungicides are not cures. And if you want the right. grass to come back, there's, there's, there's three things that you really must do. And the first and foremost, if you do nothing else, raise your mower to the highest setting and throw the wrench away. I, I yeah. cannot overemphasize. There's, there's every lawn expert in the country says that's the single most important thing. Everything else depends on mowing high. That's where it gets its energy to put out new growth. So, you know, never, ever cut St. Augustine close. 
Second thing is when you fertilize, fertilize very lightly with a good quality, slow-acting lawn food that gives it a slow, steady feeding. And I would recommend using a lawn food at half strength because if you use it full strength, the grass is more susceptible to disease. A little bit of fertilizer, yeah. mow high, and if if you go two or three weeks without rain, give it a soaking. If you ever if we can ever go that long without rain, those are by far more important than anything. All right. Well, so, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. One other thing. Do you have sun or shade back there? Um, it's about half and half. I'd say it's definitely not full sun. Um, you know the the bad side of the yard is definitely the shadiest. Okay. This is a sort of a bottom line thing, and a lot of people don't understand this. I'm a trained turf person. I've got university turf training and decades of experience working with professionals and going to research and all like that. And in general, if you've got more than 50% shade, you're out of grass business. You need to think about ground covers and lawn substitutes and things like that. I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. But in yeah. my experience and what they teach at all, including at, at Auburn and Mississippi State at LSU, they all teach the same thing. 50% or more shade, it's almost impossible to get grass started again, even if it was growing well in somebody else's shade. You know, getting it started takes a lot of sun energy. So I'm yeah. just saying, in, in the long run, you might be better off just riding around. Mobile has got some fabulous gardens that have got a lot of shade and monkey grass and mondo grass and Asiat jasmine that look good without all the, the, the grass and the shade. So that's, that's, that's good advice, I think. All right. I think that may be the way we end up going with that side of the yard. Thank you so much. Okay. Good luck on it. Appreciate it. You know, it sounds like I'm a broken record on some of this stuff, but I was reading something in, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, the, the uh, Cornell University. I wrote about it in today's Clarion Ledger column, uh, clarionledger.com. Uh, uh, they've done extensive research at Cornell University on what is the minimum it takes to have a decent lawn. Not the maximum, which is what most research is. What's the minimum? And the number one thing they always say is the minimum thing you can do is mow high. That's really important. Don't water very often. Fertilize light with a good quality, slow-release food, and it needs sunshine. So anyway, we got any more uh, phone calls uh, lined up, Jonas? Yes, we have Roger calling from Madison. Hey, Roger. Good morning, sir. Uh, I have a lot of fringe uh, trees in my yard, and for the last couple of weeks, they've had the little purple berries on them, the seed pods. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh I was wondering if those are poisonous, and if they're not, can you do anything with them? Well, uh, I don't know. I, I've never heard anything that they're poisonous. Fringe tree, uh, what a lot of people call Grancy Grabier, is one of my all-time favorite native plants. I've never seen anything that says they're poisonous, but I've never seen anything said they're edible either. I think they're mostly just to help spread the trees. Okay. I could do a little quick research on that, but I've never heard anybody say anything about them being edible. Okay. These were just loaded with them, and uh, it's it like uh, just huge bunches of grapes everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, but well, let's, let's, let's call it natural bird food. Okay. <laughs> and uh, by the way, it's a really cool plant. I, I wish more people grew this. I wish they sold them in garden centers because they're so much easier and actually prettier than dogwoods. They are. Uh, I, my mother, years ago, dug some up for me out in her uh, woods and gave them to me, and I got about uh, six of them in the yard now. 
It's a fantastic plan. Appreciate you calling. And, uh, you know, you just, you know, you're, you're doing a good thing for feeding wild birds. Well, thank you very much. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. I did find an email from uh, from Carol Blades in St. Helen Parish, Louisiana. She said they're blessed to be too high to, in her area to flood, uh, but they did get all the rain. She wants to know that uh, when's the latest she can plant stuff for by seeds in the ground. August fifteenth is sort of what we say for for uh, uh, Lower Arkansas, Central Mississippi. But you can actually plant stuff uh, in a lot of Louisiana Gulf Coast areas up until the middle of September and still get. Something, you know, flowers and all. But when it comes to vegetables, most vegetables take three to four months before they produce something from seed, and so you need to count back from whenever, you know, you're likely to get a frost. And I'm going to say around the 1st of September, you can still plant stuff by seed. Who we got, Jonas? So you want to go to, to uh, the music or what? Let's get this last call before the cheesy music, specifically because they have some bad poetry for you. It's Jerry from Mobile. Okay. Hey, Jerry, what, what, what you got? What, what's up? Bad poetry? Uh, right. Hey, Felder, I've been listening to you for a long time. Never have caught you before. But, well, this uh, is a good a good opportunity. What you got for us? Um, it's a poem that's been around a long time, all my life, and I'm old. But um, uh, I thought it might be appropriate. Bring it on. It's bad. What? Mary had a little lamb. She fed it castor oil. And every time it turned around, it fertilized the soil. <laughs> so far, you, you're the winner, man. You're the winner so far. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Your mama raised you right, boy. Have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's our first, uh, maybe our only uh, installment in the Bad Poetry Day. If you got something that's bad and clean, bring it on, folks. Ready to listen to cheesy music, Jonas? Absolutely. It's a it's a good one. It's something I found a little bit early for harvesting crops, but I'm thinking this is a fun one. Let's bring it on. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And we're going to be talking about gardening for the rest of the hour. We broadcast live on Fridays, rebroadcast on Saturdays. I know some of you have way too much rain. Some of you just have too much heat. But we're going to talk about gardening every Friday and Saturday right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer, Jonas Adams, is a very patient soul, and I appreciate it. Thank you all for calling up and helping us out. When we come back from this cheesy music, we're going to take some more of your phone calls about what's going on or not in this late August 2016 garden. We'll be right back. Last night, I threw me pitchfork at your dog to keep quiet. Now something's telling me that you're avoiding me. Come on now, girlie, you've got something I need. But I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key. Come on now, let's get together in perfect harmony. I've got 20 acres and you've got 43. I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key. 
I'll stick by you, I'll give you all that you need We'll have twins and triplets, I'm a mandal for speed And you know I love you darling, so give me your hand But what I want the most is all your acres of land I've got a brand new combine harvester, I'll give you the key Come on now, let's get together in perfect harmony I've got 20 acres, and you've got 43. I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key. For seven long years, I've been alone in this place. I sleep in the kitchen, it's a proper disgrace. Now if I clean it up, would you change your mind? I'll give up drinking scrumpy and not larger and light. But I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key. Come on now, let's live together in perfect harmony. But I've got 20 acres and you've got 43. But I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key. We the grand pair at that farmer dan dance. I wore lichens of fair oil, I had holes in me pants. In your new Sunday dress, with your perfume so grand, we had our photos taken, you and you're holding my I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key. Now that we're both past our fifties, I think that you and me. Should stop this gallivanting, ah, girlie, marry me. I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key. Yeah, I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key. The new MPB Public Media app is available now. Watch MPB TV, listen to MPB Think and Music Radio, and stay in the know with MPB News. Search for the MPB Public Media app in the App Store and Google Play stores today. There's a lot to be discovered about Mississippi. Like the little-known places you can visit on a Mississippi road trip. Or where to find a local brewery for a unique experience. Every Friday morning at 10, we take you on an hour-long journey through Mississippi. It's music, cuisine, culture, and history. And you never know where our next stop will be. I'm Mary Margaret Miller. And I'm Sharia Brent. Be sure to join us Friday mornings at 10 for Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, folks. Again, horticulture is still rushing. I thought you'd enjoy that combine harvester tune. If you got some ideas for some cheesy garden-related or weather-related or any kind of related music, send it to us, garden at mpbonline.org. If you have questions during the week about uh, gardens, you'd like more information, maybe need a, a plant identified or a flower or a weed or something like that, most of the time I can do it with help from others, but if not, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org, and I'll get right on it. How are we doing there, sir? Jonas with the phones. 
Doing all right. We have Thomas calling from Hattiesburg about Bahalia grass or Bahia grass. Bahalia yeah. grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good morning, sir. How are you? Fine. Uh, can last two last two years we've had Bahia grass just shooting through and taking over, and uh-huh. I heard it's almost impossible getting rid of it. And what's your opinion? Well, a, a couple of things. There are. There, there is a herbicide that will kill Bahia grass. What other kind of grass do you have? What's your regular kind of grass? St. Augustine. Yeah, I think that there, you know, I can't remember this stuff off the top of my head because there's so many products and they change and all. But I believe there is a, a herbicide that will kill Bahia grass without hurting St. Augustine or centipede. I'd have to double check. And if you send me an email, I can look it up. But let me throw this out. Bahia grass is really tough. It's a roadside grass. And it grows better in bad conditions than yes. St. Augustine. See, so if you're not able to water and fertilize, if you don't mow, if you mow close, Bahia grass is always going to, even if you kill it, it's going to come back from seed. Well, I started uh, last year putting uh, weed and feed, you know, on uh-huh. there. So, you know, I'm going to continue doing that. Uh, well, let okay. me... Let me I, let me let me throw this out, and I, I I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna try to be careful here because I know all sorts of folks listen, but over my entire 30 plus year career on top of turf management, I have consistently said that weed and seed is not a good idea. It is always better to fertilize separate for weed control, and there's a bunch of reasons. For one thing, you should never you, you shouldn't fertilize your grass until. Till it's been mowed a couple of times in the spring, which is mid-April, and that's too late for the weed killers to work. And most of the time, those weed killers uh, only kill certain kinds of weed. So it's a whole lot better to, to, to split that out. Okay. Well, that, you've taught me something. I appreciate it. Yeah. The, the, and, again, the ingredients in weed and feed are okay, but it's like to me, it's like, it's like toothpaste with a lot of sugar in it. Both of them are fine, but not a good combination. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, raise raise more raise more height to to the highest notch. Send me an email and I'll see if I can come up with something that'll help knock this stuff down. But until you get your St. Augustine thick and healthy, you're always more ahead will just keep coming back. So raise your more first and then let's look yeah. at what we can spray with. All right, thank you, sir. All right, appreciate it. All righty. You know, I'm I'm not a broken record on this, folks. I'm just real bottom line. I don't sell stuff. doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do. When it comes to laws, I try my best to not have an opinion. I try to stick with what has been shown by researchers and experience. And I'm going to have to stick with that until I learn something new. Who we got, Jonas? Up next is Suzanne calling from Purvis about corkscrew weeping willow. Hey, Suzanne, you got one or you want one? I've got two, and they're still in pots, and I don't know where to plant them. Every time they're in the sun, they look terrible, and uh, I was told they need a lot of water. I just don't know where to plant them. Should I put them uh, in the shade along the pond, or what do I do? Well, here, here, okay, first of all, there's sort of a misnomer. Willows don't like water. They like moisture. See, okay. so a lot of people, and so what I would do is I would put it just up from a pond or up from something where it could get roots down to where it needs it, but not where it stands in water. It's not a, it's not a wetland plant is what I'm saying. It always grows on a slope near some water. Okay. It, also needs, it also needs full sun, and the reason yours is burning up is because the leaves that are on it now, when a leaf is formed on a tree or plant or whatever, whatever sunshine it gets when it first forms, that's what it's used to. And if it's been in the shade, when you put it out, those leaves will sunburn. 
So the, the idea is to don't worry about that, but to give a little fertilizer and help them put on new leaves, and they'll be adge- adapted to the new conditions. Great, because when I got it, when I bought it at the garden place, it was in full sun. Yeah. And then, you know, it's been in the pot, though. It's probably been six weeks sitting there on the porch. So well, fertilize it and plant big. it near the pond in full sun. Give it a little bit of fertilizer, you know, to, to sort of perk it up. And when you plant it, be sure to loosen up the potting soil and the roots a little mm-hmm. bit to get them used to your dirt. Is it, are, are these big plants? Uh, they're pretty tall, probably six feet tall. Okay, you might want to try this. It sounds kind of crazy, but I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about here. You might want to cut them back about a third. Oh. You know, and but what that'll do, that'll stimulate some strong, healthy new growth. It'll be mm-hmm. better balanced with those those roots because the roots aren't very big right now. I got if you. Cut, so just clip the top yeah. off. Yeah, you know, if it's got a bunch of branches on them, you know, those mm-hmm. are gonna be major limbs for the rest of the plant's life. You know, you might want to thin those out to just two or three or four, you know, limbs and cut those back about a third or so. Loosen up the roots, water it really good, and walk away from it. All right, I will do it. Thank you so much. All right, appreciate it. Ooh, I forgot to mention one other thing. The number one cause of new plant death when it comes to trees is hitting the trunk one time with a lawnmower or a string trimmer. Just put some mulch around it, put some monkey grass, pile some seashells around it, do something to protect that lower trunk. Who we got, Jonas? Right now the lines are clear. Might be a good time to take Ooh. a quick break and let us get some more calls lined up. But you're All right. moving through them pretty quick. Good job. Let's do that. Let's do that. I had a bunch of notes that I wanted to share, but I'd rather talk about gardening. I'm going to be over here one more week. I just went yesterday uh, to the largest independent garden show in England. Not a Royal Horticulture Society thing like the Royal Hampton Show or the, uh, the, the Chelsea Show or the Tatton Park Show. But this is in Southport, up in the northwest, where real people were showing stuff. I saw some of the coolest ideas on ways you can hang plants on the side of a house or a wall or something like that. We might talk about that, but mostly it's about phone calls. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And our toll-free number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our email is garden at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back, hopefully, with some of your phone calls right after this. print impaired mpb's radio reading service is here for you our dedicated team of volunteers bring the world of news and entertainment to you for information and to see if you qualify call us at 601-432-6301 mpb is getting its very own car tag but first we need your help to begin production, we need 300 of you to say yes to the tag. Go to mpbonline.org slash car tag for more information and also to sign up. A portion of the fee goes to help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Thanks for your help, and we'll see you on the road. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All righty, folks, welcome 
Welcome back for the closest fail to rushing. Sometimes I know I might get a little high-handed about stuff when it comes to gardening, but if you have some things you'd like to add, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. One thing that I really can't understand is how some people, I hear people say, well, you know, Feller doesn't know it all. Well, of course I don't know it all, and I'm telling you, I don't. I could use some help. But I've learned some stuff. Be glad to share it with you. Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring How's the phones looking, Sir Jonas? They came in pretty quickly. We have Timothy calling from Louisiana on Highway 80 up next. Hey, Timothy, good morning. What's going on? Good morning. I just had a suggestion for the woman that's transplanting the trees. They're dang near transplanting anything. And that yeah. is to shake a little bit of mycorrhizae down in there before she puts the plant in. You know, that there's is. nothing. Go ahead. No, that is a good idea, uh, and you can actually buy some of it at some of the garden centers. That's right. That's right. I, I, I used to work on a wildlife refuge where we did habitat restoration, you know. Yeah. And the first couple of years that I did plantings, I'd get about a 50% success rate. And then uh, a fella came and said, you know, put some of that Michael Rise in there. And, buddy, we got 99 to 100% the next year and from then on. It's just you know, amazing what it does for to promote, you know, root growth and just the health of, you know. I tell you a, a, a real classic example where people can see the results of that. Mycorrhizae, it's not a fungus, it's not a bacteria, but it's something in the dirt that helps roots work better. That's all it is to it. And you can buy different kinds of mycorrhizae. But I've always told people that when you plant a dogwood tree, to go find another dogwood tree that's looking good and dig some of that dirt up, just a, a handful or two of real dogwood dirt, mixing it with your dogwood to introduce that mycorrhizae to the new hole. And it makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Great tip, well, man. Have a good one. All right, hands on the wheel. See you, my friend. Mycorrhizae, it's hard to even say, hard to pronounce. There are different kinds out there, but anyway, he, he is on something. There are things in the dirt that work better uh, than just plain dirt that help roots work better. Anyway, who we got, Jonas? We actually have three calls left. We're going to try to get through them. We have Libby up first from Ocean Springs. Hey, Libby, good morning. Good morning. I love you, um, What's What's up? I uh, have always wanted to have an orange tree in my backyard. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if this is feasible. If so, what kind? When do you plant it? And my backyard is always wet. It's uh, it, yeah. it's just it's, it's drowning. Good. I, I, Two, two things. First of all, even in Central Florida, orange trees often freeze. So I would stick with a satsuma or a kumquat. You know, one of those that does better. You know, along the Gulf Coast further north, oranges typically. I mean, they have trouble even in Florida with them. So stick with a satsuma or one of those kind of plants. Something you can buy locally. If you got wet soil, though, loosen up the roots, put it on top of the dirt, and pile dirt up to it like a pitch, like a baseball pitcher mound. Don't, uh, it's it's got to be raised up uh, four, five, six inches in the center so it doesn't stay too wet. Okay. All righty. Thank you, Matt. Oh, I appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you. Okay, Jonas? Up next, Mary from Starkville. Hey, Mary. Good morning. 
Joe. Hello. Well, I have uh, some knockout roses, and the uh-huh. something's eaten on them, and I dusted it several years ago. I don't remember what with. I don't know whether it was baking soda. It worked. But what should you put on that? I've pruned it, and the new growth's coming out great. I moved yeah, well. Well, that, that's the main thing is go ahead and prune it to stimulate some strong, healthy new growth. And, yeah. you know, without knowing what it is, you, you know, it's not Japanese beetles. Is it doing a lot of chewing or just a little bit? No, it's a lot of holes on these leaves. And so I need uh, there on the bottom now, the tops come out great, you know, when you grow. Yeah. And, and I've moved the plant. 31 miles, so it's not, you know, it's not in well, the same atmosphere. Well, first of all, insecticides that we have today don't last very long. So if you want to spray something, you need to spray something for chewing-type insects on the bottom of the leaves. Okay. Uh, now what and, do you well, I, I don't really recommend specific sprays because there's so many out there. I can't keep trying, but a garden center will know something okay. for chewing insects on roses. Let me mention this. If you take your glasses off, it's really not that big a problem. And, you know, you, in other words, in other words, you don't necessarily have to spray for something that's more cosmetic than anything. If it looks okay, I wouldn't okay. worry about it. But also, you can't spray ahead of time to prevent insects. You have to okay. wait till they're actually there and spray okay. for them. So, so you know, I would just keep an eye on it. And if something starts chewing and it gets really bad, then go to a garden center and say, "I need something to spray my roses with." Great. All right. Bless and, you. Thank you. Oh, okay. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Okay, Jones, we're knocking it out, aren't we? Yes, yes, we sure are. And our last call is Robert from Gulfport. Hey, Robert, how you doing? You getting enough rain this summer? We've had quite a bit of rain, so and it was great for the strawberries. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, what can I help you with this morning? Well, I sent you an email a couple of weeks ago and some pictures about a pear tree that had shrimp flowers on them. They smelled like shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, you know, you sent back and said it could be a caro, a caro pear, because it was a kefir. It could have been the rootstock. But the um, when I did the research on it, the pears are about the size of your fist now. Yeah. And I haven't tasted one yet. I'm just wondering, could that possibly pick up the the scent and taste mm. like shrimp? My wife would be no, ecstatic. No. No, would, I, I, you said you married a Cajun, I think, but no, I, 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 I wouldn't. You know, and my sister-in-law is a Cajun, so, you know, it, but at the same time, this, it, the, the fragrance of the flower doesn't transfer to the fruit. So uh, we'll find out time, soon enough. Yeah, that's right. I, I was real surprised to find out when I when I went online to do some research that a lot of people think that pear flowers smell like shrimp, particularly the wild pears, uh, you know, the Bradford pears, things like I never really thought about it before. But uh, apparently some people say that pear trees, flowers, do smell like shrimp. Well, I guess I'm I'm lucky in that respect. Uh, but there's another question I had about crepe myrtles, and I have uh-huh. s- several different varieties, you know, Natchez, Arapahoe, and a couple of others. Right. And, you know, they're not supposed to, uh, from what I've heard and, and researched, that they're not really supposed to come from seeds because they produce a copious amount of seeds. Yeah. But I have had several of them come up as sports in the yard. Yeah, a lot of crepe and myrtles I, do cedar. So, some people consider crepe myrtles to be weedy because some of the some of the species do sprout around from seeds. So some people think they're kind of weedy because of that. Oh, I don't know. I, I think if you pull them up and throw them in a pot, you can just give them away to everybody. 
Thank you. That's called making lemonade with lemons. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I just read a thing. Somebody just came out with a call for people to lighten up about what they call weeds anyway. So most of the time, weeds are pretty to somebody. But uh, oh, it's, anyway, it's, it's, it's all growth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't know that they necessarily come true to seed because there's sometimes just cross pollination, and by the time they get a seedling gets old enough to flower, you know, it may take two or three or four or more years for you to know whether a lot of times there are cross between you know the parents. So the only way to get one to come true is from a cutting. Well, if I ever get one of those that come up and flower, uh, and it's un- unusual, I'll I'll be sure to uh, let you in on that. Yeah, you can you can you can name it yourself. That's how they come up with yeah, new That's right. <laughs> All right. I'd have man, to name well, it a Cajun name though. <laughs> that that's that's okay. You know, the the Acadians are cool folks. They got an incredible culture. I don't know if you've been over that part of Louisiana, been to some of the, the museums and all, but it's a, a very proud history they've got. Oh yeah, well anyway. you know, family uh, grew up in uh, when they came over uh, you know, went through the port of New Orleans to Hammond. Uh-huh. So they grew. They have big farms out there, and they are yeah. they're they're a different culture, all right. And you know, it's um, quite an amazing culture, like you said. It is. It is. Well, listen, I appreciate you calling this morning, man, and good luck. Let me know if those things flower, or when they flower. Yeah, when they flower. Yeah, appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Great all show, right, Felder. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you for your work and also for Kevin Farrell, who, you know, you, you producers wear a lot of hats over there. The Gestalt Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio, but we also call it email. So email me, garden at mpbonline.org. Here's hoping your garden fair as well the rest of this hot month. I'm going to be home soon. Remember, gardening is a way to help heal a hurting world. Show a kid how to do what we do best. Take them to a garden center, take them to a farmer's market, and more important, show them how to go out and get dirty. See y'all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.